The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off for a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens, who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods of which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here I am, dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up. He went back to his father. While he was still a long way off. His father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly bring the finest robe, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fatted calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast. Because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field. And on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf, because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did, you, did I disobey your orders. You never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, for him, you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always, 
Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. safe to come out. I love that gospel. It's powerful. I think sometimes maybe we can be so familiar with that gospel story that it might lose some of the shock value. It really is a scandalous gospel. This gospel is full of scandal. First, we'll start with the younger son. The scandal of going to his father, it just maybe, imagine this. Imagine you going to your parents and saying, I want my inheritance now. And they're like, are you kidding me? We just spent it on your tuition. But an inheritance comes when someone dies. That's when you get the inheritance. The the younger son is basically saying to his dad, I wish you were dead. I don't want to wait for you to die. Can I have the inheritance now? Can I get a little bit of an advance, a big advance? I want it all. See the scandal of his attitude towards his father? Almost equally scandalous is that the father says, okay, fine, it's all yours, take it. And then the scandal of his behavior, he goes off to a distant country and he spends it all in charitable giving. That's not what happens, just the opposite. A life of dissipation, which means a life of dissipation. It means this is not a PG-13 gospel, okay? Loose living, prostitutes, crazy, scandalous behavior. Then... We know from the story, you know, he he kind of comes to his senses. I want to say he kind of comes to his senses because he's kind of sorry because of the situation he's in. And he recognizes there's something about his father that says, I can go back. I'm, I'm fairly certain that my dad is such a good man that he, he would at least take me on as a servant as a slave. And and, and I know the servants in in my father's house are treated well, and I'm willing to settle for that. Then we come to this other scandal, and the scandal is that he's still, the gospel tells us that he's a long way off, but the father sees him, 
And the Father does something unthinkable. The Father stands, you know, at the porch, right, like this, and he waits for his son to come and to beg, right? It's not the story. The Father, a grown man, runs, runs to his son. Do you know how scandalous and how unbecoming that would be to see? A grown man just full out running. But he does. And he doesn't even let his son finish his act of contrition. He doesn't even let his son finish saying, hey, I am willing and ready for you to take me on as a servant. He's like, no way. That's not who you are, and that's not who you will be. And he forgives everything. He forgives everything. And he says, no son of mine is going to come back into the house looking, smelling like a slave. And he goes, I'm going to put shoes, slippers, sandals on your feet because a slave wasn't allowed to wear shoes. Puts a ring on his finger, and he says, all, everything that you lost is now returned. That's the ring. And this robe, take off. Take off the rags you're wearing. You're my son. You're royalty. And we're throwing a party. Not what the son is expecting. And that is scandalous. The response of the father. And we see that the elder son, he is scandalized. How could you? How could you? You know what your son, not my brother, what your son did. How he spent everything. How he insulted you to your face. And you throw him a party. And then you think, I'm going to come in? The eldest son, scandalized by the father's mercy. By the father's generosity. By his tender heart of compassion. He's scandalized. And he says something really revealing. All these years, the gospel says, I served you. Other translations say, I slaved for you. Not once did you throw me a party. And the father's heart breaks because he's like, did I just hear you say all these years you slaved for me? I don't want a slave. I want a son. It breaks my heart to think that you needed to earn my love and my affection. Everything that I have is yours. So I have two questions for you. The first is, in the gospel, which character do you most identify with? Take a moment and say, who am I in this gospel? My next question is, who's the main character? I 
I think one might easily come to the conclusion that the main character is the, the prodigal son. We kind of name it after him, right? Do you know who the main character is? The main character is the father. That's the main character. And it tells us the very beginning of the gospel. Thank you. That tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus is addressing this parable to the sinners, the younger son, those who think that they're beyond salvage, beyond being welcomed back, the tax collectors who betrayed their people. Jesus is addressing this parable to them to give them hope that there's a place for them in the Father's heart, that their sin does not define them, that the Father's heart of love and mercy is bigger than their sins and is always ready to receive them and welcome them back, always. No conditions. But Jesus is also addressing this parable to the scribes and the Pharisees who are scandalized that Jesus would show such attention to these sinners and tax collectors. And Jesus is revealing that they are the elder son. They are the elder son who are just trying to really save themselves by their good works and not recognize their own woundedness, their own, bro their own brokenness. They have self-righteousness and anger and judgment of their little brothers, these sinners and these tax collectors. And Jesus is trying to break through their heart and heart and say, that is not who God is. This gospel is about Jesus. This gospel is about eternal life. That's the inheritance. This gospel is about you and me. Pope Francis said that Jesus is the face of the Father of mercy. So by extension, Jesus is the main character in this gospel. And his message to you and his message to me is that your, your brokenness, your sinfulness doesn't define you. I define you. I reveal to you who you are. And that you're my beloved son, you're my beloved daughter, and there's nothing you can do about it. That there is always a place for you in my house. And though you may at times feel like you're far away from him, he says, my eyes are always upon you. Always. And conversion is when our hearts turn around. And we recognize our sin. But we also recognize, I can't save myself, I need you. The Latin word for mercy, misericordia. That's the Latin word for mercy. Let me break it down for you because it's pretty crazy what that means. It's not a stretch, misericordia. Misery is misery. Cordia is heart. Misery, heart. How do we get from misery and heart to mercy? God the Father sees you in your misery and his heart is moved to compassion 
He doesn't want to leave you where you are. He runs to you. God always takes the initiative. And he runs to you. As we continue with this Mass, we're just reminded that we live in a time of mercy. You live in a privileged time in salvation history. And it's not just for you. For our brothers and our sisters outside the walls of this church. And it's for us as we experience mercy that we have a conversion of heart. Guess what? We get to become the main character, the heart of the Father, to identify with the heart of Jesus, to be merciful and compassionate to others because we receive it from our Father himself. We receive it in the sacrament of reconciliation so profoundly. We need that sacrament to encourage us. And that sacrament really helps us. It reminds us this is where we live. You know, God throws a party for us every time we return to him. Every time it never gets old. That's why we say we celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation. We celebrate the Eucharist. And Jesus is like, I have something better than a lamb or some steak for you or your favorite food. I'm going to give you me. I'm going to let you feast on love. Pray for the grace as we continue this Mass to believe in the truth of who we are. Ask Jesus, remind me, Jesus, that I am your beloved son. I am your beloved daughter. I have divine DNA in me. I'm royalty. And this is where I belong. And every time those thoughts come that I do not belong, that I'm beyond the reach of God's love and mercy, that we recognize that that comes from the father of lies, not the fathers of mercies. And we reject that lie. And we get up and we begin again. And we make use of that sacrament of reconciliation so we can, we can live again in the truth and the fullness of who we are and where we belong, our Father's house. Amen.